Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mr. President, starring Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's Edward Arnold. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. Before we bring you Edward Arnold as Mr. President, I want to point out that there are no more stirring stories in the world than the stories of Americans who have become the leaders of our country. Generation after generation of American men and women have found their greatest inspiration in the lives of the presidents of the United States. Their deeds are direction pointers for the American mind. That's why Mr. President has rapidly caught the attention of people everywhere. For here is the program that presents human, intimate anecdotes and incidents in the careers of our presidents, woven into the rich tapestry that is the American heritage. And you, as the listener, enjoy the additional thrill of trying to identify the president in the story being told. So test your knowledge of the men who have lived in the White House by listening now for today's fascinating Mr. President story. And now, in just a moment, Edward Arnold. Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It is Sunday and the old mansion is resting quietly after a busy week. We walk through the great doors under the presidential seal, across the foyer and down the long hall to the president's study. Oh, hello. Come in. Sit down, won't you? You know, if there's one thing a president learns, it's that behind uh, even the most dry and official actions, the personal fate of of individual human beings is at stake. And he can never tell when what seems to be a cut-and-dried piece of official business is going to turn into a love story. In a way, that's what this story is. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which president it happened to. But meanwhile, you may be able to guess. promised to be a pleasant one at the White House, especially in the dining room. My guests were Secretary of State Baird, Alex Kiley of Virginia, and his charming wife, Julia. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. President, it'll be bad luck. (laughs) What's that, Julia? Sitting down with one guest, Miss. Oh, oh, Miss Sarah, I thought she came in right behind us. She was called back to her office just a moment ago, Mr. President. I see. Thanks, Mr. Baird. Alex. Yes, Mr. President. Uh, And Julia, I'm putting you here uh, on my right. Thank you. Shall we wait for Miss Sarah? Well, we can sit down, can't we? 
Alex, as the new American ambassador to Italy, you'll have to learn all about protocol. Mr. Baird's been teaching me, Julia, by good example. Don't let it worry you, Kylie. Protocol's not as important as some diplomats like to make it sound. <laughs> well, you'll find out, Alex. Diplomats have a professional dislike of plain words. Normally, we just say etiquette or rules of procedure, but uh, that's not good enough for them. It's uh, protocol. Here's Miss Sarah, Mr. President. Miss Sarah. Protocol says you're to sit down so that we can begin dinner. <laughs> I'm sorry to have delayed you, Mr. President, but this note was just brought over for Mr. Baird. Well, thank you, Miss Sarah. Must be important. Oh, no, Miss Sarah, please sit down, won't you? Thank you. Now, before we actually and finally begin our little dinner of celebration, let me say a word or two. I'm very happy to have been able to appoint Alex Kiley, our ambassador to Italy. It's a most suitable reward for his past public service and a new and important demand on his abilities. Thank you very much, sir. Alex. Julia, for heaven's sake, don't cry. Well, what's the matter, Julia? Did I say something wrong? Mr. President, it's perfectly obvious why Mrs. Kiley is crying. She's happy. Oh. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> oh, my, my. <laughs> Bayard, this dinner is a celebration. You needn't look so downhearted. Mr. President, this note that was brought to me. The Italian government has just cabled that Mr. Kiley, as American ambassador, would be persona non grata. What? That's more of that diplomatic protocol, Mrs. Kiley. It means Italy refuses to accept Mr. Kiley as our ambassador. Uh, Bayard, do you mean you just found this out just now? That's right, sir. Well, I'm terribly embarrassed, Alex. I, I never suspected anything like this would happen. Please, sir, don't feel badly about it. Mr. President, can a government simply reject an ambassador that way? Diplomatic custom, Julia. Any country has the right to judge whom it wants in its capital. We can't quarrel with it. But no reason at all. No reason even hinted. Oh, Julia, please. Now, let her ask, uh, Alex. I'm sorry, I can't answer. Perhaps I can, Mr. President. Oh? A few years ago, the Italian ambassador here called on the State Department to protest a speech made by Mr. Kiley in Richmond, Virginia. As you know, there was a controversy going on between the Vatican and the Italian government. The ambassador said Mr. Kiley defended the Vatican and sharply criticized the Italian government. I'm terribly sorry to have embarrassed you, Mr. President. Oh, you haven't at all, Alex. Frankly, I didn't think one little speech would cause so much fuss. We'll find another man for Italy. It's something else that bothers me. I don't want our diplomatic service to lose such a good man. Baird, wasn't it just yesterday we were talking about Vienna? Yes, sir. And uh, do you agree with me? I absolutely do, sir. Good. Now this dinner can be a celebration after all. Julia, don't look so sad. It's a little hard to feel gay, Mr. President. What? When your husband is going to be ambassador to Austria? What? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, Alex. Do you hear that? Mr. President, do you mind if I cry again? Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> President, I didn't want to leave Washington for Vienna without thanking you again. Oh, nonsense, Alex. I'm the one who's indebted to you. Mr. President, you should have been a diplomat. No, I mean it, Julia. That Italian business was very unfortunate. I wouldn't have blamed Alex for going right back to his legal practice in Richmond. And we do need, really, a good man in Vienna. Mr. Baird hasn't given me any special instructions, Mr. President. Oh, it isn't that. But even our ordinary relations with Austria, trade, and so on, have to be handled tactfully. 
Austria is an old, old country, an old lady. And old ladies have to be treated just so. Alex is simply wonderful with old ladies, Mr. President. I'm sure of it, and you'll be there to help him, Julia. <laughs> I wouldn't go without her, sir. <laughs> what boat are you taking? Alex is going on a liner tomorrow by way of France. I'm going to follow in about two weeks. Says she has some extra packing to do, Mr. President, though what it can be. <laughs> Just last-minute things, Mr. President. <laughs> Alex never understands. Neither do I. Well, good luck, Alex. Goodbye, sir. And drop me a note personally now and then, will you? Of course. And, Julia, be sure to come in and see me again before you finally go, won't you? Thank you. There may be some last-minute things about protocol I want you to tell Alex, huh? <laughs> Please sit down, Baron von Schaefer. Cigar? Thank you, no, Mr. Bayard. In fact, I do not know why the doctors bother to keep me alive. They forbid me all the pleasures of life except the ones I dislike. <laughs> yeah. Isn't your health any better, Baron? You're looking as well as ever. As one diplomat to another, Mr. Bayard, how a thing looks and how it really is are often two different things, aren't they? I have asked Vienna to send a younger man here to Washington as ambassador, Mr. Bayard. We'll be sorry to lose you, sir. Thank you. I... I wish my last official errand were a more pleasant one. Oh? I am instructed by my superior in Vienna to protest the appointment of Mr. A.M. Kiley as ambassador to our government. What? They are most upset by his appointment and request that it be withdrawn. The reason is that Mr. Kiley was rejected by the Italian government, and we do not wish to offend the Italian government by accepting him ourselves. One question, Baron von Schaefer. Did Italy make a protest to your foreign office in Vienna? No. The, uh, the matter was mentioned to me here in Washington by the Italian ambassador. This is extraordinary, Baron. Mr. Bayard, hardly anything seems extraordinary to me anymore. Of course, you have the right to refuse an ambassador, but you have offered an amazing reason. And your action is insulting to the United States. You know as well as I do that Mr. Kiley is already on his way to Vienna. It will be most embarrassing if he goes the rest of the way, Mr. Bayard. Well, of course, I'll cable him to wait in Paris. But I must warn you, Baron, a very unpleasant situation has been created. Von Schaefer, Mr. President, that they had the right to refuse Kylie just as Italy had. But he did something the Italians did not do. He gave a specific official reason. And that permits us to fight back. I'm glad you took that position, Baird. Two things seem definitely wrong. Italy had no right to make a protest to Austria about Kylie. And Austria had no right to receive it. It amounts to letting a third nation pass judgment on our ambassadors. Uh, Baird, can you find out if Italy uh, really did protest? I know the Italian, Italian ambassador here very well. He might tell me. Uh-huh. And if you find out uh, he did not make a protest, bring old Baron von Schaefer in here and see me, will you? <laughs> Don't you realize, Baron, we can't allow a third nation to pass judgment on our ambassador to your government? Mr. President, I am honored at this personal interview with you, but isn't the matter settled? Hardly, Baron von Schaefer. 
I had a talk with Farvo, the Italian ambassador. Yeah, a charming man. He told Bear that he didn't make any protest to you about Mr. Kyler's going to Vienna. Mr. President, I beg of you to drop this matter. Baron, I'm not a diplomat, and so my choice of words may offend you. But I've got to say them anyway. Why did you tell us Italy had protested when she didn't? Diplomatically speaking, Mr. President, we anticipated a protest. I mean to say... If we accepted Mr. Kiley, we would have offended Italy. We chose to avoid that by anticipating. It seems to me a very small point. This is a new world, Baron. We have different ideas from yours about small points and big points. I have a strong feeling that your superiors have some other reason for objecting to Mr. Kiley. And we'd like to know what it is. At my age, Mr. President, a real reason and a false reason have much the same value. The main point is we have a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Baron, we've got to know what the real reason is. It's got to come out, Baron, one way or the other. Vienna is quite different from Washington, gentlemen. Social life, the traditional social life of Vienna plays an important role in Austria... It would be tragic if Mr. Kiley's usefulness were impaired because those social circles ignore him. Ignore him? What are you talking about, Baron? Mrs. Kiley would not be accepted in Vienna society. Therefore, neither would Mr. Kiley. You see, she is of a different religion from Mr. Kiley's. What? Do you mean the government of Austria objects to our ambassador, the official representative of the United States of America, because of his wife's religion? This is most painful for me to tell you, Mr. President. Painful? It's the most outrageous thing I ever heard. Alex Kiley is a fine man and an able public servant. His wife is a perfect helpmeet for him. If they're both good enough for, to be admired and honored by the state of Virginia, they're certainly good enough for Vienna. We... We have only the highest opinion for Mr. Kiley personally. We simply do not wish to see him embarrassed and his usefulness to you therefore impaired. Baron, our Constitution guarantees equal rights regardless of race, creed, color, or religion. We can't even recognize your protest. Constitution or no Constitution, gentlemen, you must recognize facts. Mr. President, Mr. Bayard, I beg of you to let this matter drop. Let it drop? Baron, we've hardly begun to fight. In just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. This Tuesday, our nation will celebrate Army Day, a splendid national anniversary on which to call public attention to the critical world situation existing today. As pointed out by President Truman, a strong army is a guarantee of a strong America, and only a strong America can play a major role in the preservation of international peace. Nearly three years after the end of history's most calamitous war, the Army of the United States is still engaged in the task of building a firm, lasting security. Yes, America and its army are working toward peace. But peace, unfortunately, depends on how strong we are. Today, our army is shouldering responsibilities of worldwide importance. It is your army. You have helped to build it up to its present size. But your continued help is needed for it to reach the strength authorized by Congress. And needed for world peace. So Tuesday, Army Day... Pay homage to the man in uniform. Now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Maybe you've already guessed who the president was in this story. In any case, later I'll tell you which one it was. 
The more Secretary of State Baird and I thought about Austria's extraordinary objection to Mr. Carley as our ambassador, the more we saw we had to fight the point to a clear finish. But the question was how? It was a question of having to deal with the slippery diplomacy and prejudices of the old world. Before we could arrive at a clear policy, and while Mr. Kiley himself was still waiting in Paris, in ignorance of why we told him to wait there, Julia Kiley came to see me. I'd never have come to use up your valuable time, Mr. President, but you did ask me, remember? Oh, of course, Julia, of course. Uh, sit down, won't you? Thank you. I uh, had a cable from Alex in Paris saying that he'd been ordered to wait there. Is anything wrong? Hmm? No, no, Julia. Uh, just a few matters of, well, protocol. The present ambassador to Austria hasn't had a chance to take official leave and to arrange for Alex's official presentation, so we asked Alex to wait. I see. Uh, Julia, it isn't two weeks since Alex left. Are you planning to leave sooner than you expected? Well, the moment I heard Alex was in Paris, I thought I might join him there a few days earlier. Have you booked your passage? Don't you want me to go, Mr. President? Something is wrong, isn't it? Uh, no, 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 really, Julia. But uh, we hope that Alex will be on his way to Vienna before before you could even get to Paris. Uh, just wait a few days more and I'll let you know. Hmm? Of course, Mr. President. <laughs> we Kylies make you a lot of trouble, don't we? <laughs> if there was never any trouble, Julia, the country wouldn't need a president. <laughs> then there is something wrong. Oh, no, 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 Julia, that was just a joke. Now, wait a few days more, and we'll have you on the way to, to Vienna, I promise you. Oh, Miss Sarah. Yes, Mr. Uh, Mrs. Kiley is just leaving. Goodbye, Julia, and try not to be too impatient. No, I won't. Goodbye, Mr. President. Goodbye. Miss Sarah. Mrs. Kiley. Did you tell her, Mr. President? How could I? It might be fairer to her and to Mr. Kiley in the long run. Oh, I'll tell her when it's settled, when we've crammed this thing down Vienna's throat. I don't think ever anything made me so angry, Miss Sarah. To victimize, uh, victimize an able man because his wife professes a different religion from his and from Vienna's. And to make her suffer for it. Why, this thing might make a permanent bitterness between those two. What are you going to do next, Mr. President? Ask Mr. Bayard to bring Baron von Schaefer in here this afternoon. Baron, I have a protest to make of you. Yeah, Mr. President. We are not satisfied that you've given us the real reason for Austria's objection to Mr. Kiley. What? Will you give us a written statement of your government's objection? I will have to cable Vienna. The foreign minister may have to take it up with even higher authorities. That's exactly what I want you to do. Suppose I cannot get such a statement. Then I'll send Mr. Kiley to Vienna and force you into the open. You give us very little choice, Mr. President. Exactly. I hope to have your statement before this week is over. State Department, Miss Sarah. They tried to keep it quiet, but I found out... Open talk isn't necessarily straight talk, Mr. Carpenter. The President will be seeing you in a moment. May I suggest you do not mention it to him? Oh, no, I wouldn't. It's none of my business, but a thing like that can't be kept secret. When a man like Alex Kiley is refused by Vienna on account of his wife's religion... Mr. Carpenter... Well, naturally, people are going to talk about it. I've got nothing against her, of course, but her religion is the real Mr. cause. Mr. Carpenter, please. Excuse me. Good afternoon, Mrs. Kiley. Miss Sarah... I wonder if I could see the president. 
He'll be free as soon as he's seen this gentleman, Mrs. Carley. Uh, I, I'd better be going, Miss Sarah. I, uh, tell the president I'll, I'll come in some other time. Uh, let Mrs. Kiley... I'm terribly sorry you heard what I said, Mrs. Kiley. I... Good day, Miss Sarah. I think the president's free now, Mrs. Kiley. Thank you. Excuse me, Mr. President, Mrs. Kiley. Oh, yes. Come in, Julia. Come in. Thank you. Uh, Julia, I suppose you're getting more impatient about going abroad. I'm sorry I haven't those special instructions ready for you just yet. I was impatient, Mr. President. I'm not now. What? I tried all along not to suspect that that was the reason. You know, before Alex and I were married, we talked about my religion and the difference between us. We thought times might come when, when it would hurt Alex, but we took the risk. After all, God is God everywhere, isn't he? But now, maybe, Mr. President, I made a mistake. Mistake, Julia? If I weren't Alex's wife, nobody could object to him, could they? Oh, for heaven's sake, Julia, what are you thinking about? I... Julia, I think I know what's in your mind. But you've got to forget it. I live with it, Mr. President. How can I forget it? I won't let you run away from this problem. For your own sake and for the sake of a principle of toleration that this country stands for. I'm thinking of Alex. He won't be glad if you don't stand up to this. Mr. President, I can't help Alex by being a burden to him. Julia, we're not accepting this insult without fighting back. Now, I want you to promise me something. That you'll do nothing. Nothing that would upset Alex. Until we know who, for sure. We've requested an, uh, an official statement from Austria. And uh, it'll only be a few days before we know... No, Mr. President, I won't promise. I'm afraid you're wrong, and I, I wouldn't want to be bound. Goodbye, Mr. President. But, Julia, listen to me just a moment. Mr. President, permit me to read this note from my government to you. Go ahead, Baron. An answer from our foreign minister. He says... The presence of Mr. Kiley in the diplomatic corps of our capital would be extremely awkward. The Americans may run their country by what they call democratic principles, but we reserve the right to run ours in our way. Therefore, we must respect the social standards of our country. They will simply not accept Mrs. Kiley because of her religious status. Baron, we believe in mutual tolerance and cooperation, and we'll punish no man because of his religious beliefs. This is a matter of human decency. And if nations start applying their own prejudices to each other, the world will stop progressing and go backward. Mr. President, is anything to be gained by further discussion? No, not now. We've got what we wanted. We've obtained a clear statement from your government, and we reject it. Now and forever into the future. When you reach Vienna, Baron, you'll inform your superior that he chose the wrong way to deal with us. Then, with your permission... Goodbye, Baron. I'll pay my official respects to you before I leave Washington. Yes, thank you very much. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Miss Sarah. Yes, sir. Come in, please. Have Bayard Cable Kylie to come home from Paris at once. You're not giving end to them, are you, sir? We've established our point. We've hauled our flag up a little higher. From now on, no diplomat in all Europe can ever say that he's in doubt where we stand. But you're recalling Kylie. Because I've got an idea how to prove to Vienna that we stand back of Kylie. And Miss Sarah, 
I want you to get on a train to Richmond as quickly as you can. Mrs. Kiley? Yes. I asked her to do nothing unless I, it turned out that she really was the basis of Austria's objection. Well, she really is. So don't let her out of your sight, Miss Anna. Bring her here to me at once. <laughs> President, you were wrong. Wrong? We've established a principle, Julia. Principles are fine things, Mr. President. But it's still a fact that I've ruined Alec's career. Oh, you haven't ruined his career. You've helped it. Besides, he wouldn't want a career without you. A man doesn't want to be defeated by something that's not his fault. Defeated? Julia, I don't know who's been defeated. Except a few narrow, vicious minds in an ancient decaying city of an ancient decaying continent. Don't desert Alex, Julia. I'm not going to desert him. I need your help and his too. Fine words, empty phrases. But I've hurt my husband. Don't you understand? I've hurt him. Julia, may I read you a letter I had from him this morning? Oh, Mr. President. Uh, dear Mr. President, I've just written Julia the facts about my ambassadorship. It was the hardest letter I've ever had to write. I don't know if I can make it clear to my dear wife that I am happy to have this chance to stand on the principles of our country and the principles of our wonderfully happy marriage and to show our American contempt for the narrowness of old world ways. Please do your best, sir, to make Julia understand and tell her she has and will always have my dearest love and respect. Signed sincerely, Alexander M. Kiley. Now, Julia, uh, do I actually have to explain anything? You said you were going to help him. I am going to help him. I'm appointing him to the International Court of, Court of Appeals, and where he'll be above any ambassador, because he deserves it. And that will give me a chance to show Austria what we think of him and what we think of religious discrimination. You've been awfully patient with me, Mr. President. I hope you won't blame Alex for the trouble that I've given you. Julia, have I said something wrong again? You're crying. No, don't you remember what Miss Sarah said? I'm just crying because I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> Julia, in a week, Alex will be back here. We'll have a nice dinner together. And do me a favor, will you? If you feel happy then, will you try some laughing? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've probably figured out by now who I was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know. And I'll tell you the answer in just a moment. From the list of great names on Broadway come the illustrious stars you hear every Sunday night when it's time for ABC's outstanding dramatic series, Theatre Guild on the Air. Theatre Guild creates all the glamour and allure of the theater in each hour presentation. The formula for this show that is ranked among the top in awards is basic but expert. Take a successful play adapted for radio keeping the spirit and mood of the play intact. Cast it with actors who know their work. Then put the whole thing together under talented directors. When the finished product is ready, the announcer says, Theater Guild on the air. And you can be sure of 60 minutes of top theater. So don't be late when the curtain goes up every Sunday night on Theater Guild on the air. Heard over most of these ABC stations. Now here's Edward Arnold. <laughs> The 
of our story was 1885, and that means that Grover Cleveland lived in the White House then as Mr. President. His controversy with the Austro-Hungarian Empire over the appointment of A.M. Kiley as ambassador was one of the early and important examples of American championship of tolerance against the poison of intolerance that many years later helped bring Europe to such a bitter state. Mr. Kiley himself was subsequently appointed by President Cleveland to the International Mixed Court of Appeals and rounded out a long and honorable career. Come and see me again next week, won't you? I'll have another story for you about Mr. President that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Goodbye. Arnold appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, soon to release Frank Capra's State of the Union, starring Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, and Van Johnson. <laughs> Mr. President was created by Robert G. Jennings. It is produced and directed by Dwight Hauser. Miss Sarah was played by Betty Lou Gerson. This story by Paul R. Milton was suggested by incidents in the administration of President Grover Cleveland. Music was composed and conducted by Basil Adlam. Be sure to listen again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.